Hello and welcome to Thriving in Intersectionality, a podcast created to help you learn from professionals in the workplace who have multiple intersectional identities, from ethnic minorities, veterans transitioning into the workforce, individuals with disabilities, parents, and so many more. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrants Incorporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. This podcast was built to amplify the voices of leaders and immigrants in the corporate workplace and to give insights and guidance so people can move past their barriers and advance in their professional careers. Through interviews and solo episodes, I'm going to examine this global world of work. I know that you can learn a thing or two from my guests who have a range of experiences and stories to share. Join me as we meet new people who are successfully navigating the corporate space. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Thriving in Intersectionality podcast. My guest for today is Anjali Nair. Anjali is the founder of the Immigrant Academy. The Immigrant Academy is a skill development and mentoring platform that helps immigrants restart their career in North America and actually helps through every phase of the immigrant life, not just career. Anjali also works full-time as a product marketing manager, and she has supported over 1,000 immigrants in two years with job search tips and courses. She lives in Florida with her husband and swears by good food, good life mantra. We will definitely be touching on that food topic as well, so make sure you listen till the end and leave us a review. Thank you. Are you a corporate professional who is an immigrant or a child of immigrant? Are you looking for a community of support to advance your corporate career? Immigrants Incorporate, IIC, is a nonprofit that is building a community for you. Come and join us on Facebook. The Facebook group is Immigrants Incorporate. Belong and thrive in the workplace. See you there. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Thriving in Intersectionality podcast and the conversation with Anjali. Hi, Anjali. Hey, Lala. Hello, everyone. Thank you for taking the time out uh, today to have a conversation with me. So, Anjali, let's get right into it. Tell us your immigrant story. Let's get to meet you. Can you share a little bit about your your background um, as much as you're comfortable with? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I come from India originally. I was born in a city called Mumbai, which is one of the most populated cities in India. Um, I come from a family of four. So my parents and my younger sister, I had my grandparents living with me, um, come from, you know, like a middle-class family who focuses very much on education. So that was like our number one for the family. Um, Everyone had like service-based professional jobs. And uh, we just had like a childhood childhood very focused on 
education, but also like extracurricular activities. So I used to participate in all kinds of dance competitions and uh, I, I really loved English as, as a language. So I would really, really hone in on essay writing skills. Math was my weakest and it still is, but you know, <laughs> that's for a different day. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in, in Mumbai. 25 years of my life I spent in India um went to college i got my degree in pharmaceutical sciences i then uh, went on to do my mba because i couldn't see myself working as a pharmacist it was a little too monotonous and boring for me so uh did my mba in marketing and that's when like my brain started lighting up um i got in touch with my creative side and um, it was it was really like great to see all kinds of you know opportunities that open up after that point. Um, and growing up, you know, we all have like different aspirations for career. Mm-hmm. At one point, I wanted to be a, a pediatrician. Another point, I wanted to be a flight attendant. It was like so bizarre. Um, but I think like getting that degree in business really like made it possible for me to like think outside the box and like you know just go for it um i started my career in sales in pharmaceutical industry so i was a drug rep for uh, quite a few months and it, that was the most hard and you know the most uh, uh, fruitful journeys of of my of my career and i'm so glad i started with sales because um if it was not for that i wouldn't have been the marketer i am today so i'm so glad that i started with sales um so yeah in india i worked um in uh, the pharmaceutical industry for a few years i worked my way up to become a brand manager so it was a great job um i was traveling all over the country uh, you know had some great perks career was going great um and then there's always a twist in the story right so <laughs> how did you get here <laughs> uh-huh. so i met my now husband um in india through a matrimonial platform so how you have dating apps here we have matrimonial platforms in in india where you're on the platform to meet someone that you wish to get married to so more for more serious and more you know to find like-minded people so my husband and i got matched on that platform and he he happened to be in india he was he was visiting his family he lived in the us um and we met so he was based in the us okay yes he was based in the states he he came down to india to meet his family and that's when you know our profiles matched and we got to meet our families got to meet and that's when the sparks flew um we we you know we got to know each other for from whatever little time we spent with each other and then we decided that we want to get to know each other more so that was the beginning of the long distance relationship um which went on for a year um and then we got engaged we got married everything happened in india and it was it was very um surprising to my family and friends because um i never 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 for once even thought of moving outside of mumbai let alone india so 
they were like, are you sure you want to do this? You have to like be, you know, away from your family. You know, United States is very far. Um, it's it's a 25 hour flight journey, Lola, India to Florida. So um, that was, I don't know, at that point when you like meet your life partner, the location, the geography, things like that just didn't matter, right? I was like, you know what, I'll figure it out. I'm sure like there's, you know, thousands of people who, you know, move out of their comfort zone and go to a new city, go to a new country and they restart their lives. And at least I'm going to an English speaking nation, you know, I don't have to like pick up a new language altogether. So (laughs) that's what I thought, right? (laughs) So um, yeah, that's, that's really like how, or like the the catalyst for me being here. Right. Um, and I, as you were just talking, I was like, since so many alignment with our story, and I think we already talked a little bit about that because I also studied biochemistry, ended up discovering like, okay, I don't want to do this all my life. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I studied biochemistry. I did my master's in biotech, um, but I stayed in the industry. I didn't necessarily work at the bench. Yeah. Um, I, I got into operations, into project management. Um, so do you think, you know what, because that, that, that was my experience, but I'm just curious, do you think your pharmaceutical science background helped, even though you were in a completely different, seemingly different um, job, you were doing marketing? Do you think your background helped with your, your sales experience? It absolutely helped because, you know, um, entering into the pharmaceutical industry with knowledge of the subject combined with business skills was you know like match made in heaven that's exactly what they're looking for because if you come from a background if you have a business degree but you don't have any background in sciences it's very difficult for you to like learn why what am I selling and why and how do I market this you have no idea the learning curve is much more for you so I feel like the degrees that I had in place, the knowledge that I had in place was very instrumental for me to not only land the job, but also succeed in my job. Right, right. I think um, one of the things I realized quickly when I was doing my master's in biotech, uh, because before I started my master's, between my bachelor's and my master's in the U.S., I had work, I had work experience. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first things I, I recognized was, well, why do we always treat these two as separate, like business and then the scientists? You know, in an industry, everybody needs to work together to achieve yeah. the goal. Um, so there were three, I remember there were three minors that everybody could take. I was the only one from my class that took the business minor, mm-hmm. even though I was getting a master's in biotechnology, yeah. it was minor concentration in business. I was in class with MBA students. Nice. Um, everybody else was going, I was like, well, I want to know both. I couldn't mm-hmm. see myself being at the bench running experiments every day. Yeah. Um, I, I need to talk to people. I need to understand uh-huh. what the company is doing. I need to understand the financial. Yeah. So, no, I think it's also part of why you ended up in the industry too, because yeah. the value that you bring, having an MBA, then having uh-huh. a pharmaceutical science degree. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And um, when I moved to the States, I I thought that, you know, this is great. I have some experience in India. Now I can come and, you know, just uh you know 
catch from where I left. And this is all very <laughs> wishful thinking, right? Because I have no idea how, how what is the healthcare system in the States or, you know, uh, what is the job market in the States? I come in with just like, you know, rose tinted glasses with dreams and just, you know, this uh, idea of how my life would be here. But uh, we all know about that reality check and the shock that we get, right? (laughs) I think the one that always uh, throws me is just thinking, oh, it's the U.S., they speak English, right? So I'll be fine. It's the same language, right? Mm -hmm. But it's very different, as we can tell. So let's let's get into the career aspects, right? So Mm -hmm. how has it uh, been getting to work or getting your first role, even in the Mm -hmm. U.S., back in the corporate world? So um, after I landed here, um, I had my phase of culture shock, right? So that went on for a few months where I'm like, oh, this is new. Oh, why do they do this here? This is not how it is back in my home country. You are so good. (laughs) There are all these comparisons that I make. I'm like, you get better food in India or, you know, why do they not have public transport in Florida? I started questioning everything. Um, But did you do the money conversion in your head when you oh, were something like mid Lola? But you know that's why I mentioned my math has never been good. So <laughs> it was it was actually a blessing in disguise because I'm like, you know, I'm calculating this. It sounds really high in my mind, but I also really need to high. eat the food. So <laughs> I know. it took me a couple of months to stop doing that, like converting everything to Nigerian money, and then saying, oh, that's expensive. <laughs> That's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like, I, I, but I want that ice cream. So I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like the days of, um, you, you do realize that you're immersing yourself more into the country when you like stop doing, you know, the things that you were doing on your day one. Like I, I no longer, uh, you know, uh, look at things with, uh, you know, amazement in my eyes or I don't, uh, start converting uh, in, into a different currency or convert to a different time or, you know, use a different metric. Um, and, and that just shows like how you are assimilating into the new new culture, new country. And um, uh, that, you know, it doesn't even come to your mind anymore. And and that just like shows how you've spent enough time here to, to really embrace and accept it. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, that was the initial few months, right, where you start observing these things and you you want to know how do you fit in here, right? You, you, you consider yourself as an outsider and you're like, um, everything is new to me, but how do I, what is step one? What do I do next, right? That's always this big question you have. Um, and career was always like top of my mind because once you start working, once you start earning, you want to keep continuing with it, right? So um, it took me um, a, a little more time than I anticipated, uh, of course, because, you know, the plan that I had in my head was not exactly how it all all penned out. So um, one of the questions that I, that I most often get is, why did I move out of the pharmaceutical industry, right? Because I had this amazing degree, I had the knowledge and the experience. Um, but I did not know that when I moved to Florida, with all the amazing weather and the perks, um, 
it's also not a hub for healthcare and pharmaceutical sciences, right? It's not. Um, you either have to move to the Northeast to be in Boston, New York, New Jersey, um, to even, you know, start applying to the jobs there. And this is back when there were only in-person jobs, right? And and it sounds like a long time ago now because everything is work from home. Um, but but back then, if you wanted to like, you know, get a job in a particular industry or, um, you know, at a particular company, you have to move. You have to be open to move to another state. And my husband moved to Florida for me. He, he was in Minnesota and he moved to Florida so that I you know, better adapt and adjust to a new country because the weather is going to be, you know, a a really good transition for me. Um, So I dare not speak about moving to a different state. Like, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. Also, also pharmaceutical world is not my my first call. It was not a true love for me. So it's not like it was a big deal enough to make a move. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, you know what? That's just one tiny industry. There is so much out there that I don't even know of. And probably this is the time when I get to try out a new industry, a new role and and see what's out there and really like broaden my horizons. So I started applying to all kinds of marketing roles in the healthcare space in the in the in the space of you know um medicine and hospitals uh, 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 uh medical devices um physicians offices i still like stuck to healthcare but i like but i still broadened myself and i think that that's that's the beauty of it though i think that industry too you know is broad right yes. like yes medical health health services health care market mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. well, well we'll get to what what you are doing now because i yeah. think that's part of why how you bring the secret source to the work you're doing um, yes yes, yes, yes. You position yourself is the way you position your skills mm-hmm. uh, is how you look at the entire picture and 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 highlight your value uh to for sure grow. Yeah. for sure so when I started applying to these jobs, Lola, I, I thought that, you know what, I'm going to start getting interviews left, right and center because I have, you know, like really great experience. Um, I only got rejections, like not one person called back to be like, hey, we would like to interview you. You know, that that did not happen. And I was shocked because I, I, I was so confident when I started applying for the jobs. But when you start getting rejection after rejection, um, after applying to 200 plus jobs, um, I I started lowering my standards. I started applying to entry level jobs. I started applying to marketing, sales, mm-hmm. advertising, anything, anything and everything that I could, you know, f- uh, where I felt like I could contribute, I would apply. And nothing worked. Nothing worked for me. I barely got an interview to go to. And um, I feel like my confidence was dipping day by day and my husband could see that, you know, this energetic, bubbly girl I married to is like slowly like losing herself, you know, day by day, just because, um, you know, it, it was it was not what I expected. And I I was I was lost because I didn't know who should I talk to, who can I get advice from. Um, I was I was so new here that I didn't know anyone else other than my husband. So it was a, a very um, 
uh, emotionally draining phase for me, but also it was a time of self-discovery. I, I realized what are my strengths and weaknesses, and I became so obsessed with the U.S. job market that I started studying, like, how do things work here? Who are the key players in the job market? Who am I supposed to know? Who am I supposed to talk to? How do I present myself? What are the skills I, sh- I should showcase if I'm going for an interview? How do I project myself? This is not the time to be humble. You need to like talk about your achievements. You need to talk about everything you accomplished. And my husband played a key role here because he would like take mock interviews with me and he would tell me, you know, you have so much to offer, but don't be don't be humble right now. Interviews is not the place to be, you know, you know lowball yourself. And I think from everything that I learned through trial and error, I finally landed my first role here in the States, which was completely different from what I did. So I got the role of a B2B marketing specialist at an advertising tech startup, which was a 25 mile drive for me. And it was an experience that I am never going to forget because um, I don't think I worked so hard to achieve something in my life. And when I landed that job, Lola, I could finally breathe. I could finally breathe because till then I just like felt so suffocated and so unaccomplished. Like that feeling was really bothering me. Um, Even though I had everything here, right? I had the privilege of, you know, having the backup with with my husband, with finances, with having a roof over my head, not having to worry about, you know, when the next paycheck comes in. But it's so difficult to explain this as as an immigrant who has, you know, uh, who's had a certain life or lifestyle before. When you get into this phase where you're being tested, um, you you really start questioning everything about yourself. So, and I I think a lot of times I, I talk to people that you know people because my experience was coming in as a student and so from students I kind Mm -hmm. of got that padding to experience it a little bit but then when I talk to other women or immigrants who have worked at their their country and have experience you have all those degrees you have an MBA you have work experience and then you come here and it's almost like I don't know anything I'm you know like I'm dumb (laughs) like nobody would hire me yep Yeah, I I really thought I couldn't frame a sentence by myself. I was I was so scared that I I started feeling like did I even learn English in school? Why am I having trouble speaking to the cashier who just asked me how's my day going? And I'm like, bah, 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 what? <laughs> like I sh- like that. That's how low my confidence was. That's how much I started feeling conscious of my accent. You know, um, and and these are things that newcomers will relate to as as I talk about this. But right. as you spend more and more time here in the states, it it these memories soon start fading away. But but you know, this was all a part of that learning experience as an immigrant yeah. and like breaking into um, corporate America, getting that first job, you know, getting your first paycheck, making your first friend. All of these, your first driver's license, right? Going, going alone somewhere. Yeah, you know, you have all the kids that have 16, 15, they already have driver's license. And I feel embarrassed, like, <laughs> taking the driver's license and trying to understand even the roads, you know, like the, yeah. a lot yeah. of 
difference. Yeah. All of these are milestones, right? All of these are milestones. And, um, uh, you know, even like getting that first job is, is a, is a story, is a unique story that every immigrant has here. And it's just like so endearing to hear about it because it's, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also who do you talk to and when, and how do you apply that advice? Right. When I realized that I spent so much time trying to do it myself rather than, you know, approaching someone who has been through my exact journey and learn from their experiences. My uh, I don't think my struggle period would have been this long had I met someone like me. like you I would right yeah so um when I found that this was the biggest missing piece I wanted to do something about it because if for all these years women like me who do not have an education backing here in the states and who don't have work experience how do we get started who is going to give us that first chance Right. So that big missing piece of the puzzle is what I wanted to build, because um, it's something that, you know, really played in the back of my head, even after I landed a job, even after I lost that job, even, you know, when I started job searching again, it always kept playing like, why can't we have, you know, a go to platform where I get to connect people with people like them who are now a part of the industry? who are now willing to, you know, share their advice and, you know, mentor them or, you know, provide them with a direction on, on, you know, what is that next step to take? Um, And and that was kind of the place where the seed was sown in my head that, you know, this is something I want to work on. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how I'll do this, but, but this is what I want to do. Like that that was, that started becoming my purpose in life. And, It all happened, you know, through these experiences that I went through. So it became like a personal project for me. But also when I started meeting more and more women like me, my conviction became stronger to to build a solution for for something like this. Right. No, absolutely. And um, I I hear you. I mean, sometimes the, the toughest experiences that we go through help us to find our purpose. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to complain when it comes out like that, but when you're living it, it's hard, right? <laughs> so um, I I definitely know that part of my starting immigrants in corporates is mm-hmm. even though I'm already involved with like building inclusive workplaces, is I wanted to focus on immigrants because I know that there's a unique need for the immigrant population in corporate workplace. And and so let's kind of go into the third section because I want you to also get a chance to share with us some of your experience after you, you got your job, right? Mm-hmm. After you got this first job that, you know, it's it's uh, it's like having a first child, well, which you don't know yet. <laughs> but it's, it doesn't matter at that point what it is. You're just glad that, yes, I was able to, yeah. to get a job i yeah. you know i'm not completely dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have a job um my very first legal job outside of college in the u.s was um was at a departmental store for six dollars an hour and this is as a master's degree holder yeah well the joy i felt <laughs> 
you would think I had like a six-figure job. It was oh. just, oh my gosh, I got to go in the system now. I have to understand, you know, time off, number of working hours. I get to clock in. It just oh, felt yeah. so adult. Huh? <laughs> For years back in my country, right? Um, so I completely understand that feeling. So after you started work, let's go into more strategies. So for the audience um, listening to these who are mm-hmm. immigrants in, in your position, yes. um, I, I know you have an amazing resource that I want you to talk about a little bit for immigrants. But tell us about some of your experiences, even after you got the job mm-hmm. um, as an immigrant, what kind of environment were you in? Who were yeah. you working with? And what was that like? Yeah. So I'm going to like keep switching between two of my experiences. So that first experience was at a startup. Um, it was a super small team. There it was a team of 10. I was the 11th person when I joined and it grew to a team of 40 while I was there. Um, uh, and they were all younger folks, right? Everyone either my age or younger or, or slightly older than me, other than the leadership team. Um, and they would keep making like all these um, pop culture references about movies and music and, you know, um, make um, uh, phrases with like sport references. Yeah. And I, you, every time someone did that, I'm, I'm quickly you know, searching on Google, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And I just found myself learning a lot more American English than I had been exposed to because the only American English I I had been exposed to was watching sitcoms like Friends and How I Met Your Mother. And, you know, when you start watching those series again, and I'm saying this and on a very serious note, if people have watched these series when you were living outside of US versus when you now live in the US, when you rewatch it, you're like, there were so many references and jokes here that I did not understand back then. But I know today, I know what is Macy's, I know what is Pottery Barn, I know like what is the Cheesecake Factory and what are they ordering. So, so, so my point being, I learned a lot of new phrases, a lot of new um words which were added to my vocabulary and the only reason I could do this is because I was very observant I would listen more talk less and I would keep taking notes I had a running list of all the new words and phrases I heard and how do you utilize it next time right and that's how hungry I was to learn Lola that's how hungry I was to uh, you know make myself feel that I am a part of the team You know, I'm not an outsider. I understand your jokes. I know what you're saying and I want to be a part of it. And that's how hungry I was to learn that I did the work, right? I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I'll be here, you know, for the rest of my life. I have, you know, all the time in the world to learn. No, I wanted to learn now. I wanted to laugh at your joke now. So, (laughs) so that's, that's how like enthusiastic and eager I was. So one of the things that I would definitely advise any, you know, um, if if this is your first job in the U.S., listen, listen to what they're saying, how they're pronouncing, you know, what kind of references they are making. Uh, Google it, take notes and start practicing, you know, start using that in your day to day language, because that is when like you start seeing the immersion of your authentic self with you adapting to the new country, to the new workspace, to the new culture. And that was incredibly helpful for me. Right. 
going in as you know a person who only knows you know oh i know how to do the job mm-hmm. but that's not enough to take you ahead right mm-hmm. knowing what you do versus knowing how to talk to my peers or talk to my manager or what do i do when i go for a happy hour um how do i talk about promotions or pay raises how do i present in a meeting how do i appreciate my coworkers all of this was new right. all of this is something that you learn on the job you learn through errors and you know experience it yourself and and this is something that that i spent most of my time doing in my first couple of jobs here and uh, and i think that was the most fruitful memory for me more than the projects i worked on i think the richness of experience that i gained through my coworkers and they were also incredibly sweet to you know make me make me feel a part of it um and they also appreciated the fact that i am making effort to you know to learn to not just be ignorant and not just say oh i'm not from this country so i don't know what you're talking about i made an effort to learn and and understand and uh, be a part of it so that that is my biggest takeaway from, yeah, from- no and i mean and i can tell you did a good job of uh, with it too um what i also wanted to point out also is the importance of understanding that there is a season for that the quicker you can do that the better you can feel comfortable enough to then start growing because you know a lot of time we talk about assimilation versus integration there is a season mm-hmm. where you are learning i mean i i would say there is going to be a, a, a decent amount of assimilation when you yep. first start at the country when you first start at a new job mm-hmm. you have to listen more yep. and speak less you have to observe what is being done and and uh the the goal is to know when you know you are it's time to start evolving and finding your own voice yeah in, in that uh space and that is where i, I feel like our work kind of um connects because that's mm-hmm. something i want to make sure we close out with is talk about the immigrant academy project yeah. and what you are doing in the workplace what you're doing for immigrants right now mm-hmm. and, and what you know how your journey has kind of shaped into that absolutely absolutely so um w- when i was going through um uh, like i said the first job that i had i also went through a layoff from that one and then oh, i landed wow. my second job um it of course it made me stronger and it made me really understand i i've seen like every phase of a job seeker's journey by now and um that made me you know start something like the immigrant academy which is an organization today that is catered specifically to um skilled immigrants so that we can help them land their first job you know make their first friend um get them connected with other professionals here um, um uh, in the states because uh, we want to help them in every stage of their immigrant life you know from a newcomer to a job seeker to a homeowner you know there are all these like different phases in your life where you feel like you know i wish there was one person who could guide me or or a community i could be a part of or i could just take a course and learn exactly what to do and that is what we're trying to do here at the immigrant academy so and i think that's that's important is a community that understands you yeah that gets yeah. it right because yeah. you know people sometimes will be like well you know ask your coworkers or ask these people 
you, you we as humans we want to talk to the people that understand where we're coming from and that's where the you know that community is very important when you're talking about the immigrant experience mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah because that's when you're, you you know you find like your journeys are relatable right right we we all have our unique journeys and stories but there are so many commonalities that we have here that we can learn so much from each other So um, that was the genesis of creating this platform, just so that, you know, I can I can share my knowledge, my expertise, um, you know, uh, in a in a very systematic step by step way, which will help, you know, thousands of other immigrants who are newly migrating or who are newly looking for a job. It really cuts down their time and effort by more than half. Right. Because they. They're really like getting to know what do I do exactly next, and that way, like their limiting beliefs or their you know um, uh, uh, affinity to to failure kind of reduces. Um, so uh, yeah, as as a founder of the Immigrant Academy, I've I've been uh, running the organization for uh, two and a half three years now. Um, we have a very large community, mostly you know South Asian based community. Um, but we have a lot of, you know, people from different communities starting to find us, starting to, you know, utilize our resources, join our mentoring programs. And it makes me very proud to see that now we have a platform in place for, you know, another Anjali who, who moves into the country with dreams and, and you know, she doesn't get stuck by uh, reality where, you know, you're like, what do I do from here? Um, and that's what I wanted to create. That's what I wanted to build. And we've come a really long way. We've, you know, I've, I've literally spent all my waking hours outside of my nine to five and on my weekends, you know, building this because that that literally became the, the purpose for me to, you know, make it easier on others. Um, so it's a vision to your nine to five just just fyi for those listening so what is your nine to five currently apart from the immigrant academy and this resource uh this amazing resource that we'll be sharing with the audience um what is your nine to five right now are you still in the corporate workplace yeah thank you lola for bringing that up yes i am still in the corporate phase of my life as well so currently i play dual roles i am also an, an entrepreneur but i'm also in, in the 9 to 5 world i work in i work as a product marketing manager for one of the biggest hr tech organizations and um uh, again i've been through a, a few jobs by now and and this is where i am today uh, but I do want to like, you know, emphasize on the fact that um, I did not give up on my uh, uh, my stream of work, which was marketing. Right. That was something that I love doing and I continue doing it. Um, I've played many different roles in marketing, which makes me, uh, you know, a lot more um, uh, evolved marketeer, if I could say that. And it has also helped me build an organization like the immigrant academy um so yes currently i i am doing both Do maybe both. in the near future you'll see me you know dedicating myself to you know um just one of the two streams and 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 time will tell how how that goes but um yeah currently this is what i do and i i absolutely love what i do 
whatever, whichever one you decide to focus on, um, and that's also, you know, lesson for everyone is it will be fine because the, the thing is you already impacted so many people with the immigrant academy and you've continued to grow your skills um, in the work at, in the, the corporate workplace um, in your area of strength. So thank you for everything you do. And I know we're still going to hear from you very, very soon. <laughs> so I want to ask you a last question before you escape. One that I always look forward to, especially because I love Indian food and I've only had the Americanized version. Oh. So, <laughs> I usually end with a final question about food. If you yeah. were to a dish, a snack, a fruit with your coworkers that comes from your home, from your culture or family, what would it be and why did you pick that? Lola, now you're getting to my love language. My love language is food. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so, um, I know um, if you think of Indian food, um, the most Americanized version of it is chicken tikka masala with naan and, you know, uh, samosa, right? Like, that's what I hear from most people. That's what they like. Goat curry? Goat curry, yes. Ah, okay. See, you're, not many people have tried. Not many people have tried goat curry. But, but my, palate, my palate is mixed from Africa, okay? From Nigeria. That's, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by your answer, Lola. Yes. <laughs> but if I had to, like, share something or introduce my coworkers to something, it would be um, a, a morning beverage. It's a morning hot beverage that we always have in India. Chai. Yes. So I'm going to skip the word tea because tea ah. is English for chai. So ah, okay, so it's, it's also my pet peeve. When people say chai tea, you're literally saying tea tea. <laughs> I try to like explain. I'm like, let's just say chai because you covered. You covered. Ah, I've never heard that before. Okay. Oh, okay. Great. So, so yay. Okay. So chai is a... a morning hot beverage all over India all over India like that's the first drink you'll see people having and there's a snack that goes with it which is a cookie which is just like a plain old cookie it's called parleji but this is match made in heaven Lola so if if and when we meet in real life okay. I'm going to serve you a cup of hot okay. I, say, I have to travel to India to get these mm-hmm. I, when we when we meet okay <laughs> when we meet i'll give you a cup of hot chai and i'll give you parleji cookies and you need to dip the cookie in the chai and take a bite and then take a sip of your chai oh okay that's me hungry <laughs> thank you so much anjali this was this was so much fun thank you Thank you for your resilience and then the work you are doing um, and the difference you're making. And I am so glad to have you in my network and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Lola. It's been an absolute pleasure and would love to connect with any of the listeners here. Uh, connect with us at the Immigrant Academy. We're present in all social media channels, mostly on Instagram if you're there. And uh, thank you, Lola, for sharing your platform and sharing our, our story and journeys and, and bringing um, immigrants together and helping them accelerate in their careers. Yes, to that. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining me, Lola Adeyemo, for these important conversations about the global world of work. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to share our weekly episodes with your communities and co-workers. For more resources and upcoming events, visit our website www.thrivinginintersectionality.com and join our LinkedIn group, Thriving in Intersectionality. Additional links and resources are listed in the show notes of this episode. Thank you.